0: Oh my goodness! Okay, Meredith, what is your favorite genre of music?
1: I love uh, alternative and punk. Uh, <laughs> dude, the jizz! Had I known that, I would have ta- gone with way more of an alternative or punk song for this theme. <laughs> no, Damn I'm it, Janet. You know what? You I'm all about like when you're feeling the moment, you just do what you do. Well, you I- know, okay you know what it is okay I struggle with this
0: and I'm, th- I'm sure you're gonna help me out is you f- have to fight the need to reflect who you are more so than anything else because that you want to be your authentic self but right. then you also want to be a little bit more mainstream so you're palatable for the masses right so uh, this is gonna be a really good conversation today so Meredith are you ready for the mic is listening
1: heck yeah I am all right let's do this <laughs> The mic is listening The mic is listening The mic The mic is
0: listening The mic is 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 listening Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to The Mic is Listening. I'm Sia. Always Sia. So It'll be a surprise one day if someone else is on this show because that means I'm taking the day off or something. But uh, anyway, well, welcome back, guys. I'm really excited about today's episode because I have been chatting with this person for a while, have never met, but I have nothing but extraordinarily exciting things to share with because whenever you connect with someone and they're cool, and they actually have some really cool things to offer. You just have to share and, like, you know, what's that thing? Microphone it. Wait, oh wait, it's as if the mic is listening. Oh my god, megaphone. That's the word I'm looking for. You have to like megaphone it. I think I'm going to start getting props because it doesn't look that right. But anyway, so here's the thing. As I was talking to this guest, and I was like, you know what? I find it very interesting that because. We are being asked more than ever to get some kind of digital content out there, whether we are have our own personal brand, or if we're part of a major corporation, or if we're in sales, like mean, selfishly, how do you make yourself stand out in a way that, you know, people will like you, people get to know you, and maybe you want to do business with you, right? But that doesn't come flow, it doesn't flow, it doesn't come naturally for a lot of personalities. And it got me thinking about this one word, and I've heard this before, and is confidence. And I've seen so many amazing, very competent, very like amazing individuals, but then you ask them to put like a video, like camera in their face. And all of a sudden that confidence that you saw in them, all that wisdom experience, et cetera, kind of melt away. And all of a sudden they're just like staring like, you know, dead eye into the camera and frozen, or they just like sit there like this with no personality. They just simply answer questions and share their insights with absolutely zero tone, zero passion, zero excitement. And you know what? If that's your authentic personality, that's your brand, there's some certain strengths to that. I always say there's a lock for every key, and that means not all audiences are going to click with the same type of personality. So I'm really excited to explore what does it mean to be confident because it's, it's not the same across, you know, individuals. And so this will be a really intriguing conversation for me. So on that note, I am, it's my pleasure and it's my joy to introduce Ms.
1: Meredith Grunde. Meredith, welcome. Hello. Well, thank you. I'm so excited. I almost welcomed you, but it's your show. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Isn't
0: that funny when it's like, when you're on the other end of the spectrum, it's kind of like, oh wait, I have to behave. Yes, I do. I'm on my best behavior right now with you. You shouldn't be. And I and know. we talked about this before. There is no behavior uh, as far as I'm concerned on this show, because again, if you're going to be on your best behavior, that's great. But over time, when you work with someone and you tell me this, right, you start to see who they really are very quickly over time. So it's almost like, do you want to be considered fake? Like, I-, I guess, you know, like, like, well, that's your mask you're going to put on. I mean, talk to me, Goose. Yeah. So Meredith, I know. I'm like kind of rattling on because I'm just so damn excited. So here's a deal. I mm-hmm. met Meredith at a virtual networking. Mm-hmm. I think JD. drops yep. JD. JD. JD Gershbein. Oh. <laughs> he's going to be like, oh, please stop, lady. Just stop right now. <laughs> I know. But he's, I love him to death. I met him at another uh, virtual meetup with Frank Agen's group. So it was kind of like a trail of, of, of great, amazing people that I've met over time. And you... Help me understand. How did you meet JD? Was it through the Second
1: City Improv group, or did you guys are just circle? How does this work? Well, so uh, during the pandemic, like a lot of people, I got on Clubhouse, and he he ended up in a we ended up in a in a few Clubhouse rooms together, and uh, he popped in and out. I had it an applied improv uh, room that I ran with Hillary Blair and Izzy Gazelle, and he would pop in there sometimes. Uh, And then our relationship moved from Clubhouse to LinkedIn (laughs) and from LinkedIn, uh, I ended up dropping into his networking group and that's where I met you and uh, have since collaborated with him a couple of times. It's been fantastic.
0: You know, it's so funny is that he is all about improv. He's got so much personality, but he's like the honest when I first met him, he's like the antithesis of what I thought an improv performer would be right. Like to me. Like when I see folks that say, oh, I do improv, I always think they're more extroverted. Like they're just kind of out there. Mm-hmm. But he, he's so dry. He's so subtle in his humor that I'm like, shoot, man, that's like, that's almost like an anchor, I think, to to a lot of segments or it could
1: be, right? So help me understand, what is the definition of improv? Like what is it oh. exactly? Oh, well, it's making stuff something up on the spot. Uh, it's actually is improv, but in the way that I've learned it throughout my life. So just to give a little context, my background is, as is, is a performer, uh, as an actor, I was doing a lot of sketch comedy and a friend of mine when I was living in San Francisco, a friend of mine was like, I'm moving to Chicago and I'm going to study improv at the second city at, and at, uh, what was formerly improv Olympic and then IO. And it unfortunately has closed since the pandemic. Um, and I said, well, I want to go do improv. You know, That's a lot of how like SNL sketches get made is through, you know, making it up at the table first and working some stuff out and then solidifying it into a sketch. And uh, a lot of what you learned at the Second City is like that. And so I went to Chicago. I studied improv and I learned these. Um, so there's short form improv. There's long form improv. The short form is what most people are familiar with because it's like the whose line it line, is it anyway kind of stuff. Um, And I studied long form improv, the Herald at IO Chicago. And then I ended up teaching at the second city. I helped uh, put together their youth program that is now really big and booming and uh, had a great time doing that. And then started doing it for corporations, started teaching team building workshops using improv. Oh, yeah. Yeah so
0: needed where were you when i was in my corporate life man i you know i've come to the conclusion like i have to like go back to all my former employers and be like dude we would be so much more interesting if you actually sat us through like an improv class i and, and i know we joke about it but it's so 100 percent true i mean i did i mean i say this every show so hopefully by now anyone that listens will know this but just in case if you're new 20 years in corporate tech sales okay it can be dry at times mm-hmm. right because so many you can only talk about bits and bites and feeds and whatever like for so long and it, and it's but the idea around improv is you could if you know how to pivot or there's this one technique that you mentioned and I'm like damn it I'm just going to call it out now is that yes and like, oh that yes and thing yes and <laughs> can i just tell you yes and is such a fracking like it's daunting at first when you think about it cuz you're like consciously have to say yes and mm-hmm. but the thing is in sales it does
1: make you ask questions it does it opens up that curiosity it's such a great tool to have and a lot of when when we say yes and, and let me just clarify this for people who are watching right now yes and is great for like that brainstorming ideation phase of things right like get all the ideas out there and don't discriminate against any of them let all the voices be heard in the room then you can go back and go okay Which ones are going to stay? Which ones are we going to try? I think that's also uh, imperative. It's what are we going to try before we say no? Because it could lead to the great idea. But it's also a great tool for just basic communication. And when when I think yes and in communication, it's not like I'm going to agree with what you just said if I don't agree with it. But I'm at least going to acknowledge what you just said. I'm going to hear what you said, maybe reflect a little bit of it back, and then share with you uh, a further curiosity, if you will, right? Because oftentimes what we do is if we immediately disagree or think opposite, we just say no or we do the yes and but thing. Uh, So it really makes us pause and go, am I really, truly present in this conversation? Am I really, truly listening in this conversation? And how can I acknowledge back a portion of what was just said? Oh, my goodness gracious. You just said something that I think is key and critical
0: to kind of gaining that confidence for those that do decide to put themselves up and out there, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's public speaking or digital virtual speaking is that listening. It is shocking to me that people think we have conversations, but in reality, you're not really conversing. You're kind of talking at each other, if that makes sense. Have you seen a lot of that? And what's your suggestion
1: when it feels like there's a conversation, but it's
0: not flowing.
1: Right. So right now I would say, so I heard you say that oftentimes you'll be in a conversation, but it doesn't feel like it's flowing. Can you tell me more about what you are what you were feeling in that moment? Uh, so you're repeating
0: it back mm-hmm. and then talking back an emotion mm-hmm. to help that connection. Mm-hmm. You're way deeper than I intended this conversation to be, but... <laughs> Damn it. You're actually saying concepts that I've been saying all along, which is everyone has a story to tell. Like that's the thing about confidence, right? Is when you're at a bar or you're meeting at someone at a networking event, someone asks you, what do you do for a living? Or, if you you know, if, and you want to reply back in a way, something that's simplistic, that it's not going right. to be, you know, you're not doing a doctorate thesis of like what you, the hell you do for a living. Right. Right. I, I What I try to explain to my clients is that If you're comfortable talking to someone at a cocktail party that you've never met before, you're usually telling a story or Mm -hmm. usually reflecting it on experience so you can relate to one another, right? Or Mm -hmm. time, kind of, like I said, emotion so you can make that connection. I find it interesting that people can't seem to apply that to public speaking. Like the second they get on stage, they just stop and they're like, freeze. So what is that? Why is it that when you're meeting someone randomly... Mm-hmm. You share every story under the sun about Billy kicking a football into a golf course. <laughs> wow! Sometimes my mind, when it comes up with random stuff, I don't know where my visuals come from. I but, love it. I love it. Why, Go with so,
1: it. Is that what I? That's what I say.
0: Exactly right. Well, right now, but why is it when Billy stand? You know, you're talking about story about Billy on stage, and
1: all of a sudden it's like Billy. Do, uh, the, oh, I see what you're saying. So it's like, you can tell that. So, well, first of all, you've got your nice lubricant called alcohol sometimes, right? Where people, it, it relaxes them a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's different for all types. I feel some people are great on stage and not so great one-on-one in a networking situation, mm-hmm. right? It gets really stressful sometimes when you're trying to negotiate the props. I always laugh about the props in networking events. It's like, you've got the drink, you've got the plate. You've got Like, I hate them because I'm always hungry and I want to be eating, but I don't know how to talk and hold a cup and hold a plate and hold a napkin. And then someone hand me their business card all at the same time. It just makes me want to kind of run, run away. Um, so for networking events, I feel like it's so important that you're just making it about the other person, right? And that your objective isn't just to get business because it never works that way, as we mm-hmm. all know, right? Yeah, it's about developing that. the relationships. And I feel like sometimes when we're in those more casual, low-lit environments and we, we we let our guard down a little bit, it's easier to tell the story. When we get up in front of an audience or whether that be on stage or in, on a Zoom presentation, I feel like there's multiple things that are going on. One is the fear of failure, I feel like that—that's a huge one for people. That often people won't admit. Um, there's also the need to have to please everyone and be liked by everyone. Um, there's the—the the fear of sounding stupid, I hear often, right? And then there's also some of those more practical skills that just don't get developed because they're not practiced enough. Most of the time when people get up on stage and they do the deer in the headlights or or they're just regurgitating what's being written that's on the slides, it's because they're not practiced enough. They don't know their story. They haven't shared it with enough people yet. They haven't tied their uh, message with, with the whatever it is that they're educating or inspiring people with. And so I, I um, often, what I will say to people is, how often are you practicing? What are you doing to practice? If you're not feeling confident, you haven't done it enough. And And if you need the tools for how to own the space, then let's talk about your stage presence. Let's talk about how you walk into this space. How do you own it? Uh, Let's talk about your voice and using inflection. Let's talk about gesture when you don't know what the heck to do with your hands and why. Um, And those things are learned skills. Confidence, I feel, we all have it. We just need to own it and we need to practice it.
0: Oh, practice it. Yeah. Practice it, I think, is really the critical part because you're right. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to my clients. Full disclosure, Innovation Media Enterprises produces podcasts for clients and businesses alike. You've got a story to tell. We're happy to share it with you. At any rate, um, <laughs> no, but, but but here's the thing: is I can't tell you how many times I've talked to clients who are like, I don't have a voice, or even or or it's not they don't have a voice; they don't know they have a voice. And there's that one question of, well, who am I to talk about this said topic? Mm. Who am I that I think I'm the expert of this particular field and genre? So. Let me ask you this because here's my response, right? It's like, who am I to do a podcast? Is really the question right. I often get, right? And and I guess I liken it back to, and this is no, no, I'm not putting any pressure for those that are non-drinkers in the world, but I do liken it back to cocktail parties and and, and networking yeah. events. But you can have uh, a mocktail. Yeah, it could be a mocktail. Sure, <laughs> you have your water. It's cool. Water on the rocks in a dirty glass. <laughs> It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) Um, What was that joke? It was like a Gene Wilder, sarsaparilla in a dirty glass. Anyway, um, if you could, it just feels like to me, like you don't have to have this sense of imposter syndrome. I think that's another way of people are putting it. If you've got, You know confidence that you have a self-assurance in your like own capabilities or appreciation of your experiences what you're ultimately doing is telling a story of your experiences Mm -hmm. and the wisdom that you've gotten or derived from it it's not you saying here's my way or the highway I'm the guru unless that's your branding you could be like certain you know people out there that (laughs) say that do it my way or the highway (laughs) And I can't help but encourage people to say, look, there are 75 billion books that have been written over the course of, you know, publishing. People still write books today. So don't feel like whatever you have to say is going to be invalidated in some way. Tell a story about your your wisdom, if you will. And that's what I kind of keep kind of like reminding people is tie in an emotion and tell a story. Sure, you can say some factual things, obviously, to validate whatever statement you're making – but that's the fun of it. That's like, to me, it's like the that canvas, blank canvas for a painter that you could just add whatever paint you want. For mm-hmm. us, what I'm, you know, encourage my podcaster clients is your voice or your video, if you want to do video, but your voice is your message
1: and have fun with it. Sing if you want to. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, you just said a lot of great things I feel, which is first of all, like lean into all of yourself, like all of your sides, all of your talents, all of your gifts. Like I just actually posted a, a, um, a not posted. I wrote a newsletter about this because I feel like for such a long time, even me, I tried to compartmentalize these different parts of myself. Mm-hmm. Like when I showed up to do a corporate event, I, I had my, this is my corporate persona and I can't let them know too much about my weird theater background because it, because they may not understand all of the, you know, like I would literally play these head games with myself about what I can let in or not let out. And um, it it was really actually quite stifling. It, it wasn't, I wasn't able to like really bring my full self forward. And if it's your story, no one can argue with your story. Right. It's your it's what you experienced, right? So a hundred percent to that. And you also reminded me, I've shared this before because I feel like her work is, she she does a lot of work, Frances Fry. I don't know if you've heard, she's a, a leadership coach She works at Harvard Business, writes for Harvard Business Review and is a professor at Harvard in business. But she uh, talks about uh, the triangle of trust, which is that in order to Build the trust of an audience. You need to have equal parts, logic, empathy, and authenticity. And I always go I always go back to that triangle of trust in relationship to pretty much, Anything we do in story and or presenting in order for your audience to trust you, in order for them to trust your brand, in order for them to trust your story, you've got to have the logic, the authenticity and the empathy. So with, when you look at those three things, the logic is what you were talking about, which is, yes, you have to be credible. But then you also have to, the authenticity and empathy piece is like, that's you bringing yourself and your, your vulnerability and your heart and your passion to the things that you do. No one can argue with those things. So I just encourage anybody out there, if, if you, if you've even thought about doing a podcast, then you should be doing it. And are you going to feel sweaty and is it going to feel hard? Yes, it is going <laughs> to feel sweaty and hard. That's a part of the process. Like I always say, be comfortably uncomfortable. And I will say, I haven't always been this comfortable talking on on into a camera or like, I, I remember when I first jumped into that clubhouse room, I was sweating. I'm like sitting in my own house on an app. No one can see me. (laughs) And my heart is racing and I'm getting sweaty and I'm like, oh, I'm going to pop up on this virtual stage and everyone's going to see my head bubble. Like it was just the most bizarre. But then I just was like, Meredith, just show up and keep doing it. Just show up and use your voice and have an opinion. It's your opinion. And someone might disagree with you. And in (laughs) fact, someone may not like you and that's okay. And we have to be okay with that. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm so,
0: you've got, you you put it so much more eloquently than I would. Like I have a a client that is also a friend uh, that I've known over the years and he trusts me. Like he trusted me. I told him over the pandemic, I go, dude, you're in sales. How else are you going to stand out? You can't talk, you can't see physically your clients and prospects. Mm -hmm. You better do something to stand out. And that's why I encourage every salesperson to seriously look at doing their own version of a podcast, video cast, whatever have you, because people do business with people they know, like, and trust, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, what you just said it just so resonated with me because it reminds me of my 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 client where I just I had to push him because he, when he first came out he was very nervous, yeah, but now he's so fluid and it's so funny because. Now he's giving advice to others I love, I love that it.
1: I love yeah. that see that is gold to me it, I, I feel it's just about showing up it's really all it's about and yeah. what's so cool about our day and age is there are so many different ways and opportunities to show up. You can show up on a podcast. You can show up in an audio room. You can show up on social media. You could be doing TikToks every day. Heck, yes. you could be doing videos every day and not showing them to anybody. But just as long as you're exercising, hearing your own voice out loud, is it's, ama- it's amazing what you learn. Oh like my you gosh. can record yourself on a Zoom and then just watch the watch the recording back and go, hmm, curious.
0: I just tell you, try editing your own damn voice. Okay, can I just – okay, look, I'm not the editor. I'm the front of the house typically, but this is like full disclosure, everyone. This is my own personal vanity project, so no sound engineer. It's just me. But anyway, but try editing your own voice. You realize all your ums, ahs, you knows, like, like all those filler words. And I will say sometimes working with organizations like Toastmasters helps. Full disclosure: I had a very odd experience with Toastmasters, so I'm kind of mixed on it. But <clears>
1: well, or you can just come to my my program. Th- thank you, Meredith. <laughs> let's talk about your program because look, don't go to Toastmasters. No, you can. Th- thank
0: you, because there are there were some odd ducks in that crew, I and, and I'm not trying to. Oh, I'm so, oh, We are live, so let's try some more time. There okay. are some great organizations out there, but it doesn't. Not every lock and every key fit together. Sometimes you need someone that understands and listens and is not a fracking cult. Anyway, so Meredith, let's talk about what you do because you know what? I'm really attracted to, you know, help is such a unique and it's such a personal thing. When someone asks for help, it is a very personal activity for even anyone to even ask for help. That's a huge Bridge to gap over. So, how do you help your clients, Meredith? Because there are so many people who could use your help.
1: Hmm, thank you. I well, I I help people in a variety of ways. I have different programs to help different people and their needs. So, I have confidently speaking, which I would say is is your Toastmaster version. <laughs> we'll just call them the T word. We'll just call them the T word. I, I always say it's where Toastmasters left off. Uh, is that is that a lovely way of saying it? Okay. Um, so that's a Confidently Speaking is a group coaching program where you show up every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. It's a live class on Zoom. I also record it. So if you miss it, you can see it. Uh, it's a membership. It's a monthly membership. It's hosted in Mighty Networks. Uh, it's an amazing community of people. I always start the first thirty minutes off with practical skills like breathing exercises for managing nerves and anxiety. Uh, we do we do an improv exercise. Uh, this way, what and that. What that does is it really helps you get comfortable using your voice in these different situ- situations. And I know you took one of my improv workshops, you, you know, firsthand. Uh, and then we we work on storytelling and content. We work on stage presence, online presence. We talk about uh, your content and story creation. And then I have a week that's set aside for uh, the. It's usually the fourth Wednesday of every month where if you have a talk coming up or a presentation coming up, you can practice it in front of the group because there is a lot of power and a lot that you learn from actually presenting something in front of an audience. You Mm -hmm. learn so much about the content. You get to hear the words out loud. You can then leave that space, go make the adjustments that you need to make. And then you are not for the first time presenting that material in front of a live audience. You've already done it once. You've had your dress rehearsal. So now, when you're delivering it to those stakeholders or to your team or to those clients, customers, then you've you've done it already. So you're yeah. a little you're more confident. Um. So that's that group. And then I do one-on-one coaching, and I work with organizations depending on what their objectives are and what their needs are for their teams. That's it. That's me in a package.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna send people your way, man. Like, cause I like I love my clients. Clients, I love you. I know for those who are watching and listening, I'm not talking about you per se. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, my gosh. No, but seriously, though, because I cannot tell you. what is. It do- okay, let me ask you this because yeah. it really bothered yeah. me. I think I asked you this last time, but it's still bothering me. Or I was really doing a great job listening that I don't remember. Anyway, or maybe I just want to record it. Whatever. Love it. I love it. So I've seen a lot of amazing, those are on speaker circuits right? Mm -hmm. They've got amazing stage presence. They've just like, boom. And they just own that space. And then I see them doing a remote digital and they Mm. suck. They just straight up. I'm like, wow, I am bored looking
1: at you. Why does that not translate necessarily? Because the stage and the camera are two totally different mediums and, and not a lot of people who were doing purely stage presenting, were necessarily in front of the camera maybe there was a camera on because they were recording their event but they but the focus wasn't the camera the focus was how am I going to build a relationship with this audience in live time and space right mm. um on camera work it's very different like you even talk talk to actors or stage actors and there's camera actors when you're just because you're a stage actor doesn't mean that you're going to be able to get in front of a camera and be a a, a, a film actor overnight like there are there are things it's a and I'm this is tricky because I feel and I'm going to say this because I I feel zoom right being here in front of like a zoom meeting is a very different experience than like filming something as an actor on set those are two totally different things right um but you do need to know how to work the camera uh it is not the same it's not the same so if you can Find, learn the skill sets that make you a great stage performer and learn the skill sets that are going to get you um, noticed and engaging properly with your audience on Zoom, then you are winning at this. This whole new world that we're in, because now what people are being called to do is both at the same time. So now we have hybrid events where you're not just catering to the, you're having to deliver your content to an audience and to an online audience at the same time. That is not easy to do no. for people. It's yeah. like patting your head and rubbing your belly. Um, some people may, might, yes, naturally be able to do that. They get it. They kind of can get that kinesthetic ebb and flow between the two, but it's a skill set.
0: I love it. That's
1: why they didn't, they just haven't mastered the skill set of being able to do it on camera.
0: On that note then. Yes. How important is equipment to help you um, articulate yourself better? Does video (sighs) camera, does a
1: microphone matter? Yes, it does. In fact, I, (laughs) A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Um, in fact, I don't even think I have the best setup in the world. Right. And you better believe, look, if you're a public speaker and you want to be making some bucks doing some public speaking gigs, first of all, you should just probably get yourself into a well-lit studio with an engineer that knows what the heck they're doing and a videographer point blank. Um, if you're somebody who's like, I just want to look good because I'm showing up to some of these online events, like I'm doing a, some, maybe a LinkedIn live, or maybe I'm doing this smaller conference that not a lot of people are hearing about, but it's all online. Yes. Please get yourself some lighting. Yes. Get a mic because why we hear you differently. mm-hmm If you're not square to that screen and in that camera, if your lighting isn't very good and we can't hear you very well or the sound is kind of, we're not, your message is not going to be, you could have the best talk in the world and we're going to, you're not going to keep our interest. Cause we're going to be distracted by the delivery,
0: the mechanism of literally what it is. And I think that's why I picked. So this, this week I picked this, this you're on stage kind of vibe because Maybe because my Disney background, whenever you're in front of someone Mm -hmm. or talking to someone, or trying to debate a particular, you know, subject, and you're trying to, you know, hammer in your own point, you really are on stage to some degree, right? It's just all the world's the stage. We're all the Uh, players.
1: Quoting the Shakespeare, I love it. Not really. It's like a bastardization (laughs) of my
0: like my remembering from 10th grade. (laughs) To be or not to be. That's the question, right?
1: Good. Another great quote.
0: You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, like when you put on like the hats, like that is so funny. You, oh my God. I'm like all over the place, but this is, we love We're it talking about this because yes. it's so important because again, that ability to deliver whatever the hell you want to talk about. If you want to talk about underwater water basket weaving, have at it. Right. But as long as you have the, I think the, the, I call it the fire in the belly, the passion mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. what it is. If you're passionate mm-hmm. about talking about whatever it might be and you are not the uh, expert in it. So case in point, I've just recently learned about body language. I'm learning a lot about, you know, reading body language and it's helping me to kind of better improve my own body. Like, I gesticulate a lot. So I'm kind of like one of those, like, just got to be cognizant of the fact that I'm kind of doing this all over the place. I you know, and all that, But, yeah. but. I'm not an expert on body language, but I will freaking talk about it all day long cuz it's interesting. It is and interesting. And I think that's re- I think that's where I'm trying to really hammer on this point which is you don't have to be the expert of something to be able to have a good conversation cuz you
1: could be the learning side of it. Yeah, which actually can sometimes be be um more value for the listener right so the the listener has more of an entrance point if you're actually going through the thing that they're trying to also work on right like i have a podcast with my dear friend joseph bennett called are you waiting for permission and it's for creatives and and folks who um have basically given themselves permission to live the life that they want right that and we've also talked to entrepreneurs and people in leadership and so forth but it's not like I have that figured out. It's not like I've given myself like full permission. Look at me like woo! Like, no, I, <laughs> yes, I have given myself permission to do a lot of things in my life that other people haven't. And- but there's still a lot of things i haven't given myself permission for that people have i'm still on that journey too that's what makes i feel like such a rich conversation is when we can when we can honestly just be truthful with ourselves and say i'm not the expert but god i really love this subject
0: 100 Fracking percent. Okay. So I know we're running along, Meredith, as always. Please come back. I want to keep talking if you don't mind. This is so great. Thank you. So for those that want to get to know Meredith, I have been scrolling your website underneath, but how else
1: can other people get a hold of you? Well, I'm on all the socials. You can find me. I'm on TikTok at Meredith Grundy coaching. I'm on LinkedIn. I am on yeah. All the, the Facebook, barely on the Facebook though. The Facebook. Uh, and
0: <laughs> Barely on the Facebook. No, Facebook sucks if you're trying to uh, promote, unless you pay for their ads, by the way. Yeah, no, no,
1: I don't do that. But I'm on Instagram, you know, I'm still in the meta universe, just not on Facebook. Um, and then <laughs> you, I mean, I live in New York city. If you want to do live, like if you want to do in-person training, I'm super up for that. And, uh, that's that's it i think that's it oh on my website i got a website yeah all the things all the things all the things on that website <laughs> and it's grundi i'm sorry i should have asked you in the beginning i apologize grundi grundi it's grundi grundi, grundi. Oh, see, grundi. but nice. grundi sounds better i should say grund is a meredith grundi well what is the derivation of it it's german it's my husband's oh it's your husband's name now. yeah my maiden name was crosley that doesn't sound very german no, it's more
0: English. Did you do your genealogy on that? Have you
1: done it? Uh, I started to. My, I, uh, That's another, I know we've ran out of time, but that's another hilarious story. Every time my mom comes to visit me, there's something new that she has found out about my family's. Um,
0: is she on like Ancestry, like doing all that
1: stuff? Yeah, and then she talks to all the relatives. I have so many relatives that I can't even keep track of them all. And so the latest is that I have Assyrian, 10% Assyrian blood. A Syrian. A Syrian, not Syrian, a Syrian. Yeah. And oh, that I'm a part of one of the lost 12 tribes somehow. You, any, yeah. hey. But then the time before that, I was part French. So I have no idea. So yes, I'm going to get that done. No, I mean,
0: dude, let me tell you, like, well, that was another fun little, pro- we definitely could be talking about. That's something I know nothing about, but I kind of like started learning how to do it in my transition between corporate and entrepreneur life. I putzed around trying to figure out like what I wanted to do for myself for the rest of my life. And I got into genealogy and man alive is some fun, interesting things. You, f- I have a degree in history, so I already have like a context of putting things together. So when I was doing uh, my boyfriend's family's genealogy, cause it's easier to yeah, I'm going to say it. it's easier to do a white person's genealogy than an Asian. I'm just going to say it right now. But anyway, um, it's really cool to see like how to put his family's history in context with historical events and all that. So that's why I love genealogy. But and- anyway, on that note, Meredith, you are such a freaking rock star. And I'm so glad that we've met. And please come back because there's so much more we can talk about. Maybe next time around, maybe I might ask you to just give me one little bit of advice because I don't want you to do it now. I want people hungry to see and get to know you.
1: leave them wanting more. Mm -hmm.
0: And also, you know, I'm such a -a jackass. I forgot to ask you for your your podcast. So we're going to have to have you back so I can promote the podcast some more. But in full disclosure, I do promote my uh, other uh, clients and friends as well for their podcast. So if you don't mind, what I'm going to do then is... Podcast this week, I want you to think about... I will always produ- uh, promote CISO Diaries because that's my podcast. And damn it, that's just a permanent spot, but whatevs. On the left side, those Beyond Bite Wings, this is one of our clients. This is the ones I've talked to where you guys, if you talk about, you know, do I have an interesting topic or who's going to listen to me and why should I care? Or why should I talk and all that good stuff? And why should they care? Beyond Bite Wings is accountants for the dental industry. <laughs> Could you get more niche than that? <laughs> and, and then the funny I, thing is they're interesting. They're actually really good. They're really inter. I mean, I love, I love those guys. So, so Robert Ash, I mean, like all those guys, you should check them out. Even just from a SMB business. If you're an entrepreneur, they, cause they're accountants. A lot of the concepts that they're talking about very much applies to, uh, SMB. Uh, so small, medium sized businesses. So you should check them out and they're really interesting. And, you get to hear some really interesting stories in the world of dentistry, which I know sounds like tooth pulling, but it's not. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a, th- what's that saying? <clears throat> Don't quit your day job. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I'll note on this, <coughs> excuse me. I do get asked all the time, why do I promote so much about the, um, you know, being entrepreneur and all that good stuff? Just want to add that uh, my business partner, Aaron Greger, and I are the uh, Dallas co-chairs of Global Leaders Organization. So you guys will hear me tag Global Leaders Organization all the time. It's because we're the chairs in Dallas. So we're trying to generate and support the Dallas robust Dallas community. And so if you're interested in learning more of what this organization can do for you, by all means, let us know. We are truly committed to bringing a community together around commerce, capital, and content. So hit us up if you're interested. We have monthly meetings. Our April 27th meeting is actually sold out. So the next one is May 25th. I just dated myself, but we'll just roll with that. The last Wednesday of every month, we have uh, on-site meetings. And of course, I was given constructive feedback that I don't promote my own business actually enough. So here we go. I decided to say and share. Everyone has a story to tell. Do it with a podcast. We are Innovation Media Enterprises. We do podcast consulting, strategy, production, marketing, all that good stuff. Um, If you have any questions, we're happy to answer it because in this day and age, you really do need to create some kind of content, your own brand, personality. And I'm talking to you know, Fortune 100 all the way up to, you know, one man shows, definitely figure out a way to find your voice, whether you use us or not, we're happy to help you and grow and support you. So on that note, (sighs) Meredith, thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. We could talk all day. I mean, really. No, legit
0: can. So, okay. Damn it, Janet. We're way long again. So, (laughs) on that note, guys, have a great week. We'll chat again. And thanks for listening to the Micah's Listening Show.